Welcome back, Spy fans. As usual, uh, Dave here, joined with uh, Todd. We're here to talk about Homeland Season 1. Last week we did our rebroadcast, right? That's right. That was was the first one, right? Yeah. Uh, And now we're doing Episode 7, and uh, next week we'll do the last episode of Season 1 to kind of give you an overview uh, this is our new format we've been doing. Uh, every three weeks, we'll do a movie, and then for the subsequent three weeks, we'll work on a season of a TV show. Uh, I guess we kind of felt we didn't want to make shows overstay their welcome. So if you like the new format, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. If you have any uh, pointers on how we can improve, we'd love to hear them. But um, if you've never seen Homeland uh, and are just joining us, um, you might want to go back and listen to our first episode uh, which you find on spieslikeus.net or on your favorite podcast app um, but just to catch you up um, Homeland centers around Carrie Matheson who's played by Claire Danes a CIA agent who is convinced that Nicholas Brody a recent rescued American Marine has been turned by Al-Qaeda oh no yeah yeah pretty serious but one thing you pointed out and i uh, agreed with todd is uh there's a lot of sex in this show this is a horny show yeah <laughs> this is this is a very horny episode in a in a very horny show <laughs> absolutely seems like there's just any opportunity for people to have sex is going to and this wasn't on like any of the premium this channels, is show this is showtime Oh, it is on Showtime. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're, there's definitely going to be an excuse for sex any opportunity they can get, right? I think, yeah, <laughs> especially this this time period, you know, because like cable had not yet really taken over from, you know, and it's it's pre the streaming era. Um, but yeah, this is definitely an era of when you know if you were doing a cable show, it's like, hey guys, we can do sex. and we're gonna do as much of it as possible and just yeah just it felt like every show every show had um more sex than it needed i think that's calm i think that's calmed down by now you know because it's no longer it's no longer that that big novelty it's no longer that big new box that that the tv producers felt like oh we get to play around in right right exactly yeah um, yeah, it was a kind of odd period. You couldn't really have any premium show without a buttload of sex in it. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much, if, if you need to know one thing about Homeland, it's about spies having a lot of sex, I think is the best way to put from, it. From what I've seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, in this particular episode, there's kind of two main stories, like the A story and B story. And I think the A story is the cabin retreat. I think that's the main story. And then I guess the B story is the road trip with Saul and Eileen, um, where Saul's trying to flip uh, uh, an American turned terrorist that's been uh, participating in a lot of terrorist activities. And we're going to take we're going to take the A story first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the cabin retreat. Uh, I, I guess I guess Brody. Who's uh, one of our main characters? He's the Marine that has uh, been flipped. I, th- I think the audience knows he's been flipped for sure at this point. Or are we still questioning it? We might still be questioning because oh, that's right. You know, what? I think we still question it. Well, we um, we are gonna we are gonna stay away from. I want to stay away from major spoilers 
uh, except in like the third of episode of each season, in which case we'll take the safeties off. You know, if you haven't watched it by then, then fuck you. Um, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but on on that note, um, at at this point, like I don't know. You know, I don't know how the how the show ends or or how it unfolds. Um, going into it, I always kind of well, like my my suspicion was that we kind of wouldn't find out until like the end of the season because it is the big question that the show poses. Right. But now, but now I'm starting to wonder if that's actually if whether that's going to be the case or not because to me. Uh, to me, the case that he is has been like flipped into like terrorist mode is becoming increasingly like difficult for me to believe or swallow. Oh, yeah. Like I don't like this guy. If I mean, if he is okay, no, okay. So we are going to find out in this episode he has converted to Islam. That is uh-huh. that is a big reveal, but. Uh-huh. The idea of him being a terrorist isn't flying for me at all because if he is, he's an insanely good liar uh-huh. and <laughs> nothing in his Marine training and nothing that Al Qaeda could have taught him would, would support the kind of uh, obfuscation and, and earnestness. I mean, this guy really does seem, I mean, I believe him. I, I I believe him. I believe he's got secrets. I don't believe that, you know, him having a plan to, to blow up the White House is one of those secrets. Right. <laughs> Dude, so it, it is kind of like on the edge. We're not, I don't think anything's confirmed other than, yeah, he does reveal to another person that he is converted to Islam. But what's interesting with him and uh, Carrie uh, is that they've, Carrie suspects him of being the POW that was flipped and is also engaging in, I guess, a reckless relationship. It kind of seems like real for her, but she's also working and getting info to see if he is the guy. She, she, is this, I want to remind, I want to remind us that she does have what she thinks is solid intelligence that somebody has been flipped. Right. Uh, a bomb maker who was being executed gave her info that a POW, an American Marine POW was flipped. And so she just thinks it's Brody. But, you know, Brody's having problems of his own. He's got marriage problems. He comes back with PTSD. His wife does, he feels like alienated from his wife, finds out his best friend uh, has been sleeping with his wife the whole time because she thought she was a widow, you know. So he's all messed up and he just wants to go out for a weekend and drink and get in trouble. So he invites Carrie out and they go out and have a party and she takes him to their fab- her family cabin or something, which I wanted to mark as really bad tradecraft right off the bat. At this point, she still suspects him. Why are you taking him to your family cabin, which would probably be a good safe house at some point, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, good point on that. Well, I mean, the reason she's like doubling down on her theory here seems to be that, well, I mean, for some reason we saw in the previously on Homeland, uh, we saw that they <laughs> they they did have sex, uh-huh. and that I I don't know why because I didn't see that episode, um, so I don't know if that was a a planned thing on her part, 
But what's really got her triggered right now is that he passed his polygraph text, but one of the questions was, have you ever been unfaithful to your wife? And she, and she alone, and Brody, of course, knows that that's not the case because they'd had sex. So she knows that he, uh, not that, you know, have you been unfaithful to your wife was the salient question. That wasn't the point of the interrogation. It was probably one of those you know, test questions trying to Uh get uh, a baseline uh, on the guy, but she knows that he lied on the polygraph. She doesn't know about what, but she knows at least one big thing. He, he flew past it with flying colors. Yeah. And was able to pass that lie with no, absolutely no questions asked. Yeah. That's why she's really alarmed now. And that's why I think it's a bad idea to take him to your family cabin. Um, I think that's, one really big mark on her uh, spot. But the other thing is she's been running illegal surveillance on him um, and uh, knows what kind of tea he drinks. And, you know, they're, they've been fucking and they have like a fun weekend getaway at the cabin and she's way wake up and she's like, look, I don't have the, I forgot the name of the tea, like golden something tea or whatever. Uh, The best I got is Folgers. And he realizes that she shouldn't know that about him because they haven't really spent I guess the right time together to where he, she would know that that's the tea he drinks. Uh, so that little slip up kind of like, um, opens the door to him to know that she's been spying on him. And that's when he gets really, really questiony and starts like getting really aggressive with her. And one thing, another piece of bad tradecraft I wanted to talk about, you know, she's supposed to be heavily trained and he's really pressuring her. And she finally comes out and says, look, a bomb maker for Abu Nazir, Abu, Abu, Abu Nazir is like the big terrorist that they've been kind of trying to catch. And um, uh, she doesn't know this quite yet, or I guess at the end of this episode she might, but um, he was actually involved with Abu Nazir as a POW and later meets him. But we don't really find that out kind of till the end of this. Um, and I think that's another piece of bad tradecraft that she was like, look, this bomb maker of Abu Nazir is the one that told me that an American Marine POW was flipped. And I think that's you. I don't think in any reason or any amount of interrogation, you would want to bring up that piece of information. I think she should be prepared with some other excuse to why she's been spying on him. You know, uh, I, I'm sure she could come up with a lot of other things like, oh, this like goat herder in uh, wherever saw you talking to terrorists. And so we were concerned, you know, by saying that a bomb maker told her this, she's given a lot of her cards. So I wanted to mark that as bad tradecraft. Okay. What about, what, what about this whole plan? Like in the first place, I'm, I'm confused. I'm having trouble telling how much of either of their feelings are genuine. Uh, because they both come across as extremely genuine. They do are sharing a pretty deep, uh, you know, like, I mean, if this is a, if, if this is a legit love affair, it feels authentic to me. It feels grounded, you know, and not just in terms of, you know, just, you know, you're really hot, let's screw but really in, in terms of like, man, like I've never been able to talk to anyone in this way and uh-huh. it's really, you know, affecting my soul. And I don't know if they're both just master bullshit artists or if some of that is leaking through and kind of authentic, 
Um, well, what seems is leaking through because at the end of the episode, when she finds out she was wrong, she still wants a relationship with him. So I think it's kind of a balance for her, especially with a lot of her like uh, mental health issues. Um, you know, and like, and I think their bond is they're both military. You know, she's CIA and has to deal with a lot of shit. And he, he just came back from like being a prisoner of war with all kinds of P- PTSD, and he can't talk to her, anybody about it. Well, she's been through shit in her past too. Um, so I think there's a, an amount of legitimacy here, but on on a deeper level, right? I think it's more uh, subconscious. Like he's just trying to escape the reality of being back in his family. And she, you know, you know, being a CIA agent with a lot of her like expertise and like history, I'm sure she's just looking for something to kind of escape. And I guess that's the, you know, writing wise, that's the purpose of going to the cabin is that, you know, it's an escape for these characters, which I get, gets, gets us invested. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm um, and, jumping on that and, one. <laughs> answer me this. I mean, does he does he know that? I mean, he knows that she's CIA. Yes, and he knows that she is involved in his case in some way. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I know he took the polygraph. I don't know if he knows that she was, you know, had any hand in that or is in any way involved in any kind of investigation on him. I don't believe so. If I recall correctly, um, they kind of showed this in the, like previously on, but uh, she, he was at like some support group for veterans or something. And she shows up and she planned to meet him there. And they kind of had like parking lot sex. Okay. So I don't think, I think he knows she's CIA, but I don't think he knows that she's been watching him. Okay. Right. That's why, that's why when he, she mentions the T uh, cause he, I think he knows, he knows she was at that interrogation when he went to Langley. That's why she was like, how did you know my tea? And she was like, oh, you must've ordered, asked for it at Langley or something. And, and, and that's when he realizes that she's like actually involved. She wasn't just at Langley. Right. Um, so I, I, I she's, he knows she's CIA and was probably at that interrogation, but I don't think he knows that she's working on his case. Or even suspects him. Right. Well, if he's, I mean, if he's really got a plan to, and I'm just pulling a terrorist plan out of my butthole. I don't know, you know, what the plan might be, but you know, if he's quote unquote planning to blow up the white house, he should stay the fuck away from anyone. Yeah. With <laughs> right. any kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Intelligence whatsoever. Um, can I well- mention, Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Right. No, 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 please, please, please. Uh, well, one, one thing I wanted to say is when, you know, the cat's out of the bag and they have the interrogation, I liked how he kept his cool. But one thing I really want to say is when she realizes, or she believes she's made a mistake because uh, the other guy was ID'd by Eileen. He's like, she's reaching out to him. I'm so sorry. Believe me, this weekend was real for me. He's like, fuck you. And and to your point where he should stay the fuck away, he's an opportunity to be around an agent who is actually involved in around his stuff. He could get lots of information out of her. At least like the time periods that she's heading into the office and being involved in. Like if she's gone for a couple months, he could be like, oh, maybe she's at this country or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why he broke it off with her. That's a great opportunity as like a undercover terrorist, if he is one, you know, to, to stay in on it. Um, but I think the show wants us to still question whether or not he is. So if he's not, I understand he's angry and he's like, fuck you. But like, to your point, yeah, 
there's a lot of stuff he's kind of pulling as like a underground uh, uh, undercover terrorist that doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't fit his background or, or training right, that, right, that right, he right. that he possibly could have had, um, as far as I know. Um, I did like I did like the gun on the table. Um, yeah, and they go back and forth uh, with uh, basically like you know an answer for an answer. Uh, it maybe it would have been a little over the top, but like if I had been involved in like crafting that scene, I would have said, "Look, guys, this is what we got to do." They pass the gun back and forth to each other, <laughs> like you know, just slide it over to the table. Okay, now yeah. you have now you have the gun. Ask me a question, and I'll answer. And then you know, after that, pass the gun back over, and now <laughs> now I'll answer your question. I thought that would have right. been tight. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Um, that's all I wanted to say about the cabin. I, a lot of it was just, hey, let's have sex. And then there's the little bit of the interrogation at the end there. Did you have any more you wanted to say on that? Um, no, just that um, Just that overall, I am a lot more interested in these characters than I thought I would be. Uh, you know, cause they're, they're two very psychologically damaged people that are keeping secrets from each other, uh-huh. uh, which is actually does make for pretty compelling watching, uh, because mm-hmm. it is so hard to tell like what is, you know, what, what they're saying is, you know, cause it's not just the layer of two people lying to each other, like two high functioning people going at a right. cat and game. A cat and mouse game with each other, right. or a cat right. versus cat, I guess, yeah. or a game, a game of which of us is the cat and which of us yeah. is actually the mouse, I right. guess you would put it. But when you add in this layer of both of them kind of being like unreliable uh, psyches, you know, it's 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 a really nice dimension that's added in. I, I see I see why Craig likes this this show. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, like, I, I definitely have been enjoying it. I mean, it's a little networky type of field for my taste, but I, same, I yeah, same. But it, it's exceeding expectations. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, there you go. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that's a little bit it for the cabin. But let's talk about the meat. This is where I think tradecraft wise, we actually got to witness a lot of cool stuff. Uh, before you, we watch it play out, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Before before you get started on this one, because um, we like to we like to mention uh, repeat actors in in TV shows or movies that show oh, yeah. show up in our podcast. And uh, I don't remember his the actor's name. Maybe I'll see if I can sneak it out in Google real quick. But we got Tuvok back from the Night Manager. What? Uh, he's uh, let's see the the black guy. With the uh, the top oh, of his Tom ear. Walker? Uh, no, it's David Harewood. Or I'm no, sorry, yeah, David Harewood is the actor, and the character I think is Tom the sniper, right? The guy that gets ID'd later, right? No, 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 no. This is oh. a guy that's working with working with yeah, Saul, yeah. who's played yeah, yeah, by yeah. Mandy Patinkin. That's right. That's right. He's the like head guy. Was wasn't he in Pine Gap? That guy. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Not Pine. Not Pine Gap. But no? night manager, okay. he was night he manager. was uh, Olivia Stedman's uh, old boyfriend. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fun. Um, 
Uh, one thing I did know, Eileen, who we're about to talk about, she was in Sneaky Pete, if you're into that show, which uh, had a lot of people from the Americans also. Um, and then our favorite actor, probably, uh, Saul. Well, other than Claire Danes, because I'm in love with Claire Danes. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but we got Patinkin from Princess Bride, who's who's uh, Claire Danes' handler. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, he's he's... I think I think he's probably one of the stronger characters on the show. Yeah, they're they're a great presence. pair. We don't we don't get to see him and share any screen time with Claire in this episode, but uh I I did like their um I did like, you know, I don't chemistry not in a romantic way, but their you know, their interactions in the first episode were pretty solid and I like I like them a lot as a team. Absolutely. Know. Yeah, and the dynamic that he knows about her bipolar disorder even makes their relationship a lot better. That he's kind of kept it under wraps, which you know could get both of them in a lot of trouble. So this other thing that's going on, can you can you explain it? There's some other guy that's uh, yeah. you know so, a, a person of interest. Yeah, um, uh, there's like this op. That they, like a, there's a couple that's bought a house near an airport and it's a pretty significant airport. And the idea is to plan to keep tabs on air flights. And then at some point a sniper is going to go on the top of their roof and shoot someone coming out of a plane or a helicopter. And they, when they figure out the, when the, the, the big figure out later, they realize it's, they call it an M one landing or something. So I guess it's like a really high, I forgot who their target was. Cause it's been a while since I watched the show. But it's a it's a high profile target, like this is really dangerous. Um, but kind of uh, things, they, they get the couple, not the sniper, but the couple gets discovered, and they're on the run. And the boyfriend, or I guess the husband of the woman, it's it's a like an American white woman, and I guess uh, uh, an Arab American. Um, a husband, but he's not like a native. I think he like immigrated and, and was married to her. They're on the run and the people chasing them, I believe are on team terrorism and murdered him. And she got away and runs to Mexico. Um, Saul uh, played by Patinkin uh, gets wind of this and goes out to Mexico, contacts federales to catch her. And um, the thing is, is the FBI is onto her and the CIA is onto her. And his plan is to drive her back, at, and the FBI is following them. Like they they get uh, they agree to to let him try and flip her on the way back. But as long as they can follow and be an escort and like watch them, so she doesn't get away. Um, so it's what is it like a thirty hour drive? Is what he said. Well, she must have got pretty deep into Mexico before they caught up with her. That seems like a long distance. Well, it's from Mexico to Virginia, I believe. Oh, they're going all the way. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that yeah, makes more yeah. sense. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed watching this play out. I don't know about you. I, I want to hear how you felt about it before we kind of like get in the nitty gritty of like some little cute points, details that we want to point out. Like, I, I we we actually got to watch the execution of the flip, which I liked. Uh, it's a it's a great it's a great situation and it's a great, uh, interrog, not, uh, I don't know. Should you, you, in your notes, I see you called it a flip conversation. That's a right, good yeah. way to put it because it's not, it's not an interrogation. Um, 
And it's the kind of opportunity you don't often get with the person you're trying to get information from. You know, usually it's like, whatever, like we pull you out of your cell, put you in the little, you know, those little rooms with there's a table between us and just two chairs and a, uh-huh. <laughs> and a one-way mirror or whatever. And I don't know, maybe you get, you get in there for, well, for low level stuff, like maybe a couple hours tops for big terrorism stuff. You probably like play, uh, you know, pass the ball to other agents and keep them in there for like 16, 17, 18 hours. Right. Um, and really hammer on them. But, uh, but this setup is so good. I mean, it's, it's 30, it's 30 hours of just uh, you and me in the car. Um, yeah. what's, uh, what kind of music are we going to listen to? <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a long, that's a long time for, you know, s- uh, someone to go without saying something. Right. And, and and the the FBI guys are following them in a different car, so it's just him and her, and they're yeah. kind of having a bonding moment, you know, driving up from Mexico all the way up to New, like you know, to Virginia and stuff. So I I, I really I, I liked it. I liked it. I uh, and and um and that's kind of why I called it a flip conversation because he's not exactly interrogating her. He's kind of like dropping her guard in relating to her. You, know, you, you she tr- delivers that one line that you always kind of see in situations like this, like you don't know me, uh huh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and and what she doesn't know, see, he's holding all the chips. What she doesn't know is that he does know her because he's been in the same situation, and the way he kind of like edges in, f- like flipping her is he's he like her dad's, I guess, like all American government, uh, you know, military type, you know, big wig lived there and she grew up out in I forgot where they lived was was it in Afghanistan or was it like Saudi Arabia but the idea is that you know as a girl she grew up like wealthy american living in like you know the middle east where it's kind of like a barricaded only wealthy people live there but on the outside she sees the reality of that kind of country that she was in and like you know befriends a boy which like pisses off daddy and, and, you know, there's like a whole thing. And that's kind of what led her into the world of terrorism because she, she saw the realities of these, you know, the, the very wealthy elite and the, the terrible things that I guess she, she witnessed like some of the terrible things that not only America has done, but like the very, very elite, like, um, like uh, Middle Eastern countries that, uh, of, the, of the wealthy where it's like there's mega wealthy and then there's like really poor um, so she kind of falls in love with this boy when she's really young and he kind of picks up on that because he himself also, you know, the, he's like, oh, you married the, the brown skin boy. Well, I'm my, my, my wife is has brown skin. And like, you know, so he's like slowly like giving her this information like, hey, we're actually not that different. I understand what you're going through. And I think the big kicker that he got her on was when he took her to a place that he grew up as grew up in and he was like yeah there were four jewish families living here and we couldn't uh participate in anything because if you join the christian baseball team you have to pray there's team prayers oh you can't do that you can't be go to the dance you can't do any of this stuff and so he was like i've been isolated and that's how she felt growing up and 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 it's it was like this slow progression of like kind of wearing her down and we actually got to watch it versus like in a movie we would have gotten what like two minutes Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's, it's nice. Uh, 
both in in plot and the way it's presented that uh you know he knows what he's got he's got a full 30 hours he can absolutely take his time although i will flag something i like that he lays out the brass tacks of the straight truth of the situation from the get-go like right when they get in the car he tells her this is the situation and then from there you know but then he he just he just kind of he just kind of backs off and just kind of picks at her every once in a while and just very very slowly very patiently uh gets in there Although, I mean, she's definitely getting the very special treatment from him. I'm sure he doesn't yeah. take all. I, I'm sure he doesn't take all of his suspects to his <laughs> ancestral the 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 remains of his ancestral Jewish farm where he grew up. <laughs> right. Um, Wait, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then he buys her dinner. They go to a cafe. You know, she like you brought up. He was like from the get go. He lays the the stakes out. It's like, you're probably going to go to prison. So he takes her to like a cafe, offers her some fries. He's like, look, you're going to, we only have, like, we have ETA 12 hours. You should eat something. There's some French fries, you know? Like, and and, and I like the eating together because it's kind of like they're breaking bread together. And uh-huh, it like nice. builds up like a little camaraderie, but he's also like letting her know what freedom is. Like, like the, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but I'm pretty sure they do. Cause when they get through Tennessee, he's like, you ever been to Graceland? It's like, no, it's like, you should go sometime. Heartbreak hotel, go see. And then, and then they have a car. She's like, my dad thought Elvis was the devil, you know? And, uh, and then he's like, well, Hoover thought he was a national threat, you know? So they're like, like every opportunity he's, 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 he's like pouncing on an, and, a, a, like the ability to try and like make a connection with her. And I really enjoyed that. Um, which we never would see in a movie. We would get five minutes of a like, here's a big thing, and oh, they're gonna flip immediately. Versus this, like, we got we got to watch it like kind of like marinate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this. He doesn't he doesn't do the usual hardball thing of like laying out like what we have on you. Oh um, no. Um, I mean, he kind of he, he was like. You know, uh, I'm, we're going to take you to the FBI. That's where we're going. Uh, they frown on terrorists. You know, she kind of just like tries to play it tough and doesn't react. But you can see it kind of it, it gets her attention. But yeah, no, he doesn't go like we know you're planning on bombing stuff. We know you. We got this and this and this. No, he's just kind of be trying to be your friend. You know. And I'm just thinking now too. Like again, back to the 30 hour drive. This has to be intentional because there's. I mean, there's no. There's no way they couldn't have just hopped onto a plane if 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 he wanted to. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't I don't know what the protocol for flying prisoners is. She she's obviously in custody, right? Uh, so I don't know I don't know how that works out. I'm sure I'm, su- I'm sure the FBI and CIA have all that shit figured out. Right, right. Yeah, someone as high profile as she is, that's like actually like no no no, we're for sure she's a terrorist. Uh, yeah, you're right, probably but, right. But that's also like kind of why I brought it up. Like, like I don't, I don't actually, I don't even know. I don't know. You've seen the whole season. I've only watched these two episodes. I don't know oh. what they actually do have on her. And so I don't know myself whether, how strongly she should be considering his offer, because I don't know what she's up against as far as the charges against her or how much like prison time 
you know, and he, he doesn't lay that out, which I think is smart on his part because he's got plenty right. of time, but it also leaves me wondering and not knowing and not knowing her character and her background. Although like, I like, you know, I mean, she's, uh, I don't think I've seen her before, but uh, she's definitely not a fucking shitty actress at all. <laughs> Wait, no, um, oh no, she's a fantastic. If you've ever seen Sneaky Pete, she's a wonderful actress, and yeah. and she's up against Margot Martindale on the screen okay. often. So right. so she yeah, she's not she's not a lightweight actress. She can definitely act. Um, but uh, I I I think he did tell her what the stakes are. Cause she, he was like, I don't think he realized the gravity of the situation. I think he said you could get life or even be executed. I, th- I think is what he told her. And she's like, What do you care? That's right. That's right. He does. He does say you could be executed. She was like, What? Is, what do you care? Right. Good you question. Know? Good question on yeah. her part. Yeah, she comes right back at him. And yeah, it was when they were at the diner um, uh, that that he says it. So he does kind of tell her what her punishment could be, but I don't think he. Do- You're right. He doesn't tell her what they have on her. Um, other than she was associated with, you know, a, a terror. So I, I forget. It, it's been a while since I saw it, so I forgot how they caught them and what it is that they did that they could catch them on. But he does tell her you could be executed. So I want to talk. <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about, uh, and I, I don't want to stray too far far into talking about Seven to Eternity, which, as you know, is a comic book that I'm reading right now, which I am absolutely loving. Um, but some of the themes or the major themes in that comic book are really like in the forefront of my mind as I'm watching her uh, play back to, you know, these kind of like offers this offer of uh, basically, I mean, he's asking her to betray her husband, I guess you said his, her husband was killed already. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure if they were, I'm pretty sure they were actually married. They had bought the house together and stuff. Right. But I don't know. I don't know who she's protecting. Um, But I assume it's something that means a lot to her, but it is, uh, you know, his, his offer, like any offer in, you know, plea bargains or or whatever these things are is like, it's, it's a, it's you're, you're asking someone to betray their beliefs or, or people that they care about. Um, And, you know, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to paint uh, Saul as the bad guy here, but if you think of him as uh, like a kind of a devil character that she mm-hmm. might see him as, I mean, this is a seduction, a seduction into betrayal, right? Um, and the what I'm what I'm really keen on is you know the way that. Uh, uh, seven to eternity is exploring these kind of themes is that there's, there's this thing about like that, that all the people in the, in the world of that comic is say about the, the devil type character is like, just don't, you don't even want to hear his offer. Like, cause once you've heard it, it changes you just not even the act of accepting the offer that mm-hmm. the devil is offering, but just knowing what it is changes you in a way that like you find out and it starts worming in your head, in the back of your head that wait, maybe I do have a price. And, and once you're, once you're there, you're in a very different place. And furthermore, once you have come to that understanding, 
And I think this is what happens in like, you know, interrogations where they have like two people in two different rooms and they keep them separate so they can't communicate with each other, right? Prisoner's dilemma kind of stuff. Once you realize that you might be tempted, the next thought that inevitably comes is that that means that the uh, that other people could be tempted. That means that the people that I'm trying to protect could also be tempted. And that dramatically changes uh, your perspective of, of just people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just saw a lot of that in this interaction between the two of them. How at the end, at the end, does she, does she fold? I forget. Yeah. She gives, she IDs Tom Walker, which the guy we thought that Brody beat to death, but it turns out he's not dead and that he's been working for Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda. Which so, is a big dun dun dun. Yeah, because we we're led to believe that it's probably Brody. It's probably Brody. Um, Eileen's ready to like turn over, and then uh, Saul is like, "Yo, give me a picture of Brody." And then uh, Saul calls Claire uh, or uh, Carrie, and is like, you, oh, "We were wrong about Brody." She just ID Tom Walker, and she's like, "Tom Walker's dead." He's like, "Apparently not." And that was that was the guy that was supposed to be the sniper. And that's that's kind of changed everything, right? Um, I, what might be my final thought on the episode uh, f- from me? I'm happy to hear anything else you've got, but uh, you know, along the way to getting her to flip, uh, Saul actually did give out quite a bit of very personal information about himself and about his yeah. background. Right. And just in a kind of a gleeful kind of let's see where this goes, rubbing my hands together kind of thing. Uh, like I kind of soft hope that somehow that comes around to bite him in the ass. Would oh. be, <laughs> would, I, I think, I think would be fun. Yeah. 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 That would, that would be kind of interesting for story wise. Yeah. Um, but that kind of wraps up episode seven, unless you have any other thoughts you wanted to, squeeze in nah i'm 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 digging it uh you know it's not my favorite show in the world i don't know if i'd be watching it if you know if it wasn't for this podcast but uh as far as doing it for this podcast i'm very keen on uh getting to that final episode which will be the final episode of season one is uh is 12 mm-hmm. and um listeners should be looking forward to hearing us talk about that one. That one will be, uh, no, no safety. It's taking the safety off of the spoilers. We'll be talking about anything and everything. So, uh, Uh, so if you're, if you're following along, you might want to make sure if you're that kind of person that cares about that kind of stuff, you might want to make sure that you have finished the season before you listen to our final episode about Homeland season one. And if you want to do that, uh, just search your favorite podcast app for Spies Like Us podcast. Uh, we should pop right up. and uh, Or you can go to our website, spieslikeus.net. And please drop us a line. Let us know uh, if you hate our show, if you love our show on facebook.com slash podcast, Or on Twitter, we are spies underscore like us. And uh, we'll see you next week for the last episode of season one of Homeland. Sure. And in the meantime, you know, the number one best thing you can do uh, to support the show is tell a friend. Really. Uh, It matters even more than the, the ratings and reviews. Believe me. 
and um and also but those lines of communication that dave mentioned those are also great ways to just throw us out those names of movies or spy television shows that uh you want us to go and dig into absolutely looking forward to hearing from everyone um any point do we have we figured out our movie or are we gonna maybe chat about that next episode? I think I think I think we're still I think we're still in conversation about it. But uh, you okay. keep bringing up the conversation, so I think it's gonna I think it's gonna default there. Okay, um, sounds good. Yeah, I mean we have a huge list uh, that we're digging from, but we're always looking to add to it. Absolutely. All right. Well, join us next week. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin MacLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. <laughs>